You you feel more free here in Northern Thailand than you do in Chicago. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's coming from an artist who gets to get free whenever he wants to on stage. Right. I get to I I feel like a fucking. That's when you feel most free. Yeah. When you're on stage. Floating. Floating. Hello and welcome, fellow music lover. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and you are listening to Travels in Music, the podcast that shares stories about music from all over the world and explores a musical planet. Thanks for joining me today. My guest today is a guy called Binky, and Binky is a bit of a legend here in Chiang Mai, northern Thailand. He's an open mic host, he's a musician, he's a songwriter, he's a beatboxer, uh, and he's just a really interesting guy. I've seen him perform at a jazz club here in town. I liked his energy. He seemed like he might be an interesting guy to talk to, and it turns out he really is. He came over to my apartment here in Chiang Mai earlier this week. I wanted to ask him about growing up in Chicago and being exposed to hip-hop and how music has changed his life, how he sees music making and, and his thoughts on it. We ended up talking about a whole lot of things. We ended up talking about police violence and racism and at one point we try to solve slavery um we really sort of get deep in this in this episode and we go deeper into politics than i have in past episodes of travels and music but it was great to connect with binky and and learn more about where he's at and and what uh, what life is like for him here in northern thailand Another quick note that this is a long episode. Um, I usually try to release episodes that are 45 minutes long, roughly. Um, and I thought about splitting this in two, but listening to the conversation again today, I, I don't think that would do the conversation justice to, to break it up. So I decided to leave it as is. And it's a tiny bit echoey. Uh, we recorded this in my kitchen. I don't have a podcast studio at my disposal right now. So bear with me, but I think the sound gets better uh, the further on we go into it. So... Without any further ado, I really hope you enjoy sitting in on my chat with Binky. So, you describe yourself on your Facebook page as a spoken word artist. What exactly does that mean? I should probably change that shit. That's what it means. (laughs) Um... I don't really care too much about my, um, I should, but I'm, I'm, I'm more so getting myself together as an artist and, and seeing what exactly I love to do. Spoken word just um, has been a conduit to me, for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I started off like battle around, I started singing really and writing poetry, writing poetry, writing stories. When was this? School, like, you know, as, as a kid growing up, always a very... Um, I was a very intuitive kid, mad. Like, I always thought, in retrospect, a lot. Like, if something happened, I'd go to my room. Like, I just got my ass whooped by my parents or something. And I mean, like, ass whooped as like a whooping, not like ass whooped. I know what you mean. Beat up. Yeah. You know, you guys see a black kid, like, oh, how, you were beat by your parents? No. <laughs> no. No, I know what a whooping is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of them might have been considered beatings. I should have called somebody, but for the most part, it did me well. But anyways, I'll go to my room after a whooping and just like think like like what what the why the fuck did that just happen? What did I do? What did they do? What led up to that? And I would write about it. And then I would go to my parents' room like 
Mommy, Daddy, can I can I read you something? And they were like, "Come on, get in here." Laughing probably and shit. And um, I'm like, "Dear Mommy and Daddy, I don't feel that that woman was totally necessary." But like, I have a whole fucking list of reasons why. Yeah, I, used, I started like battle rapping after like high school and shit. Like the first thing that I did on my own, and uh, and then it kind of led up to a whole bunch of other slew of things where I'm. Man, there's a lot in between there, but I'll just say that as far as artistically, I, I moved from spoken word artist to like writer to just I want to just just artist because I mean I use a loop pedal now, I beatbox, I sing, I, I'm in a band, um, you know, I like to beatbox and try to play harmonica. Getting a little better at it. I have a, a TC Helicon voice live touch, and it's like the voice um, modulator, also a, a looper. So I like to have fun with that shit. So it's like, you know, it says book more artists on my Facebook page, but I don't really, like, promote myself on that level. You know what I'm saying? Not yet. Sure, yeah. So it's like, it says that shit because that's the last thing I wrote in 2010 or something. So where did your interest in, like, that kind of self-expression come from? Like, what, what got you interested in expressing yourself through through music, through art, through poetry? Man, it's in my blood. It's definitely in my blood. I, um... In high school, I played football, and I was in show choir. You know what I'm saying? Like, doing show tunes and shit. Like, having a ball. Just something I wanted to do. It was just always in me. And I was adopted when I was two months old. And I found my biological parents, like, two years ago. And uh, and my family that I grew up with, my family is a magnificent family. My parents are amazing people. And so, just like two years ago, I decided to go look for them. And found out that my grandmother wrote the song, uh, Tell Me Have You Seen Her? Oh, man. Yeah. Isn't that Adele Phonics? Uh, yeah. She uh, she she used to work work with uh, Chess Records. Her name was uh, Barbara Acklin. And she wrote that song. And she, man, I found that out just like two years ago. So. That's your biological grandmother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great song. Man, I, it I think is. it's Adele Phonics. Uh, was it Shy Lights? Maybe the Shy Lights, yeah. Shy Lights. Because, they, yeah, they have it's a... It's Philly, though, right? Chicago. Oh, okay. Chicago. That's where you grew up, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Best place ever. Love so, place. is she with us still? Your, your she, she, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance. I mean, she died in 99. But my biological mother comes to find out she does everything that I do. Or I do everything that she does. And the night that mean? I... She hosts shows. She's a singer. She was a backup singer for R. Kelly for, like, years. Oh, wow. I know. She used, like, she was, she helped Bernie Mac get on, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. she she still performs. She still performs. So what was it like reconnecting? Uh, like a fucking Hallmark story. <laughs> Sincerely, like, really super duper <laughs> cliche and great and amazing. Wow. I went to her show that I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I saw that she had a, I found her, I found her after I, I sent off for my original birth certificate. And it came back, and I looked. I finally found her through you know, a story, a whole big story between that. But we'll get into that later. But found her, looked up her Facebook and shit, and, and it said that she had show a show on Sundays, an open mic. Go figure. Wow. And uh, so me and a couple friends and my girlfriend at the time went to go uh, went to go check it out, and I performed. A couple of my friends performed. We were the youngest people there. It was like a, a, a old school. Uh, singing lounge like for older cats like for like 45 and up yeah. you know 
And so we went, and I knew the band members because Chicago on the art scene, everybody knows everybody. If you're on the art scene in Chicago, you know people, you know everybody. That's surprising because Chicago is a pretty big city. It is, man. But on the art scene, it's like small, big. Hmm. It's a lot of us, but once you do a couple gigs, you've seen a lot of people. You've met a lot of people that you're going to see again, hmm. especially if they're nice. Like, you know, we are kind of snobbers when it comes to shit like that, too. Like, um, like uh, music talent wise, you know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago gets uppity like that. That's why Kanye is, is so fucking Kanye. Because <laughs> a part of that, he's, he's fucking like, yo, I'm from Chicago, yeah. Like, it's some beast out here. Like, some fucking beast out here. Y'all don't want to give me recognition? All right, bet. Hmm. Wait, just wait, motherfuckers. I think it's so interesting about Kanye is you hear stories about Kanye when he was really young, mm-hmm. like just coming up, and he still had that cockiness, yeah. still had that edginess, and like I don't want to say a sense of entitlement because he's a very very hard worker. Mm-hmm. But he, does, like, he definitely has a sense of entitlement. It's like he seemed, but it's like he knew he was Kanye mm-hmm. since he came out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. That's what it seems like. This great story when Chappelle was on, I think the Tonight Show talked oh, about Oh, yes. <laughs> when I'll you put, first met him? Yeah, 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 it's great. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's, it's shed some light on Kanye, like, hanging out with, like, Jay-Z or, no. I forget who he was hanging out with, but yeah. That's interesting. So, Hello, Kanye. is Chicago, like, is it is it cliquey? Like, do people only, like, yeah. associate with, like, the hip-hop scene? Hang yeah, out with like, and, like, it does, it gets, it gets cliquey with talent. Like, if you're, like, nice with it, you're going to be with the other ones. But, like, I host a lot of open mics. I've been hosting them for, like, a long time. And so, it's a breeding, it's a it's a training ground is what it is. It's, a, it's iron sharpening iron all day. Like, okay, when I first started battle rapping, I'm fucking, like, 19, 20, 21. I'm thinking because I have a decent vocabulary that I'm nicer than most. And I win a couple battles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, to even put me... To make me think that I'm as good as I think I am. Until I heard motherfuckers that really do it. You know what I mean? That are sincere and passionate about their art. At the time, I was just, you know... I had talent. So, if you could, um, for my sake, as well as maybe some people listening here, like, set the stage a bit. Like, what exactly is battle rapping? Like, I think we know, you know, every scene, Eight Mile and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. what was the scene that you were coming up in? Like, what, what was it like? What were those events like? Well, they were very, that's why I love Eight Mile so much. They were very close to that. Okay. They were mad close to that. I mean, that's a movie, but that's why it was such a good movie. People who were on that scene, like, yo, that's the, I've been to battles like that, where, yeah, like, legendary shit has happened. Right. Like, if you're on any scene, if you're on a roller rink scene, if you're on a fucking frisbee, uh, you know what I'm saying, like a ultimate frisbee thing, <laughs> something's going to happen that's going to be ultimate. Right. That is going to go down in history's legend. You know, and, and watching 8 Mile, that was like a good, I was mad indicative of what the fuck really happens, man. But there's also like little fucking garage ones where nothing is like that. <laughs> when <laughs> where, was the first time you, you went, participated in one of those? Man, um... I had to be like, I did this one thing. This place called Bocce's and uh, in a suburb of Chicago, like a black ass suburb of Chicago. And Not just black, black ass. Black ass, <laughs> black ass suburb right. of Chicago, man. And uh, <laughs> hilarious. I I really thought I was nice, man. I really did. And you got a pen? Yes. And um, are you pause it? Uh, no, I didn't pause it. Okay, cool. Um, so, thank you. So. 
it was a sports bar, and like everybody from like the the neighborhood always went there, who went to the the surrounding community college and shit like that. And the suburb, the black suburbs, where everybody went to school together, so everybody knew each other. And I entered, I entered it, and I was like winning. I went, I went all the way to the end, but it was like. Were you nervous? Not really. Not really. Like 21. Okay. Something like that. 20, yeah. And not really. I just think I'm smarter than everybody. Mm. That's my thing. I think I'm smarter than everybody. So I'm going to say some, you know, I'm going to try to say some shit you probably don't even understand. But it wasn't that complex at all. I think that it is. But, and and then, like, some of the guys who didn't know how to freestyle, like, I'm quick on my feet. Like, I've always been, like, very good with impromptu shit. I did improv and shit, too. So, I'm, I, I'm quick on my feet. So, that's what me, I'm quick and I read sometimes. So, okay. it's like, that was, that was like, I thought that was, that's all I needed. And people would fuck up. Because, like, we had rules. Like, certain, we had rules and people would, like, you couldn't curse. Like, you couldn't say, like, explicit curse words. You couldn't be homophobic or something stupid like that. Just be too sexual. And somebody stood off like, yo, yo, check this shit out. And it's over. I won like twice like that, like just because, or just I went to the next level because this dude didn't know how to, right? You know, get down. But that was such a long time ago. Just moving through that, man. Moving through that, like I discovered a whole bunch of other things that I love to do. Like storytelling is a is a scene. Um, open mic poetry is a thing. Spoken word and poetry are two different things because poetry is like the writing of the spoken word is the performing of it, um, and. Uh, like I was in a band, uh, in a band called Deep Fade, um, and like yeah, it's just it's just that's the way Chicago is. Or you keep sharpening your tools. You stated like if you're there, you're gonna be around some fucking ill, phenomenal top of their game type of artists. And then me host open mics, I get to see their lineage and see my own. You know what I'm saying? Like I get to see. I had a boy named Adam Ness. Adam Ness, how old are you? I'm 28. 28. All right. So, Tevin Campbell. Are you familiar with Tevin Campbell? The name rings a bell. Old R- like R&B, 90s R&B. Okay. Can we talk for a minute? That was like, everybody thought he was gay, but he made really great R&B songs. Yeah, yeah. The name, I think I know what you're talking about. I got a boy named Adam Ness, who is the reincarnation of Tevin Campbell, but on 10. His voice is pure, man. Like I said, it's a fucking awesome. And his style is fucking so fresh and funky. And I remember when he first started, like, coming to me and my boys open mic and watching him just how he worked with the crowd. And it was like he was nervous. And where he's at right now, he's a beast. He's a beast. And that's nothing but three years old, maybe. Three years of Chicago just hitting the scene, hitting the scene, hitting the scene. And you will have no choice but to be better. Because the competition is so, like, there's so much talent there. Yeah. Wow. There's so much talent. You have to keep moving up or you'll just, you'll get left behind. You'll absolutely get left behind. Right. Like literally and figuratively. Like you might not, you might lose friends. <laughs> it's fucked up. Wow. It's my, not lose friends, but like if, if we're always gigging together. Yeah. That's what it is. Like we always end up gigging together. Some like band shit, some hip hop shit, some, some tap dances that we like, we all collab shows. It's not just like one in particular, you know what I'm saying, thing. Like I host a show once a month called Gala and Chicago's a segregated city okay it's like black white Latino you know do you mean like you mean like areas right like that's the black neighborhood Mm -hmm. that's where the Latinos live Mm -hmm. you mean like literally literally segregated right now but artistically too 
You know what I'm saying? Because you have um, most of the spoken word spoken word artists and MCs are mostly South Side, West Side, which are the black areas mostly. North Side is more musicians, is more uh, guitars, more like more musicians play music on the North Side of Chicago. Um, and once a month, we have this thing called the Gala that's like five years deep right now, and it's such an amazing group of people. It's um, me and my boy Rico used to host it together. We started hosting together. And it's open mic, then three features, and then an open jam. And I'm talking some of the most fucking amazing shows that I've never paid for, that I've been a part of, ever in my life. You know what I'm saying? And, like, for the open mic part, people want to beast out because of the talent that's there. So people want to fucking kill it. And they do. I mean, like, man, they do. And then the features, we'll have three features that'll be from... Any an accordion player, a break dance crew, and a fucking band, uh, <laughs> a, a belly dancer, uh, acro yoga, and a hula hoop specialist, a trumpet player, a tap dancer. You know what I'm saying? That could be anything, and we've had everything. So, and with the competition being already what it is, so and, and then we're some hippies out there. So it's like some. That's why Chiang Mai is fucking perfect because it's like. It's like a little Chicago to me. There's a lot of hippies here. It's fuck, yeah, there's a lot of hippies here. And in the Gala community, we were all a bunch of really low-key city hippies. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, what does that mean to you? Is the city hippie? Like, I just made that up right now. Yeah, that it's good. Like <laughs> you can see if that .com is available. I, I should. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a porn site for it, though. <laughs> you can put any two words together. There's a porn site Yeah, you're really right. Dragon Tales. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, city hippie is like... Hippie to the to a certain extent, like hippies on a bus. Okay. Hippies that have to take the train. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But still, right. but still fucking like grassroots organizations and grassroots beats or some shit. <laughs> like sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? I a bunch of fucking vegetarians and, and hula hoop, acro yoga right. people. Like you, like pie. Only, yeah. only they had jobs. <laughs> right. And jobs. Pie Thailand for people listening, which is uh, an even bigger hippie town than Chiang Mai. Uh, but Pi School, Pi's a lot of fun. Yeah. You mentioned like competition, and mm-hmm. like that's one thing that's like I love about any scene that's got competition in it because it forces you to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to like growing up, like I, I'm Canadian uh, and I'm a guy, so I had to play hockey, which is it's the law. You have to, yeah, yeah. Um, but it used to piss my dad off because he'd be like, and my dad's a super nice guy, but it's like every kid gets a tr- uh, trophy in the tournament. Oh. And he's like, there's That's not the that. way this works, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you work hard, you get better, you mm-hmm. win, then you get a trophy. Yeah. It's like everybody wins. It's like, you know, there's, it doesn't, you don't get better if mm-hmm. like everyone's winning, if everyone's being validated for their performance. Because exactly. there's some people that are going to be better than others. You know? Exactly. And, but that's and then, cool that you had like the, this artistic scene, like the, the portrait you're painting. It's cool that there's so much competition, but there's a lot of camaraderie by the sounds of it mm-hmm. as well, you know, like. The competition is silent. Right. The competition is really silent. And plus, like, me and my boy Harold Green, who's a fucking. One of my best friends, my brother, is one of the coldest poets in Chicago, man, and such a philanthropist as help the city type of dude that uh, he and I have been hosting together for years. And we have a way when we host to, like, if you whack, like, if you or you do something that's, like, obviously funny or, like, <laughs> that was like unintentionally funny. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. We have a way of, like, making fun of it to where you'll laugh with us. But you know that you, the next time you come, you got to do better. <laughs> right. That's the realest shit I can tell. That's, for, like, for real. Like, that's something that we mastered, that we've mastered. Being able to let you know 
truthfully that you know what I'm saying and and it's a fine line because everybody's like well art is subjective you know what I'm saying and it is it is like but there is just skill wise you can tell someone's been working at that yeah even if you don't like what they wrote but if they've worked at it and and, and have either memorized it or has or speak it passionately there's there's you know there's ways of doing that better there's ways of doing your shitty poem better yeah. There's ways of doing your shitty song better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hitting the, hitting the cues where they're supposed to be hit. Speaking loudly when when voice inflection is supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying. You can still do better with your whack ass shit. So, but we'll let you know that in a way where it's all love. It's it's coming from a point because that's the thing. People are whack because they have terrible people around them. Like, fuck the people. Fuck their friends. They don't have any friends around them. Yeah, they don't have any true friends who are honest with them. Not at all. Yeah, not I totally all. agree. They, come on, they leave in the house polka dots and stripes, man. <laughs> right. I was just having this discussion with someone. They were wearing clashing patterns. I'm like, no, man, I can't. <laughs> and it's a dick thing to say, but at the same time, I care about them. You know, like, <laughs> Women are going to find you repulsive because of what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you look like dark. a circus clown. Or unless you're yeah. in a pie. Unless you're in pie, then you'll be, you'll be cool. fine. Yeah, <laughs> you're like one of the normal. Ridiculous your outfit, yeah, you'll be fine. But you got um, regular jeans with a shirt. <laughs> exactly. Queer. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, take it easy. <laughs> I'm gonna bring us back around. Okay, that's but good. Yeah. I, I I think about I was talking to my home the other day with all the bullshit that's going on with black people in America, right? You mean and, like the police violence? Yeah, yeah. And, right. Yeah, and you know just the. Hundreds of years they've been fucking us over in America, but but particularly now because I'm I'm here. Um, I I I um, <laughs> I describe it as like white people. I try to be empathetic, right? Just just having a different thought process. Okay, what if my people, people that look like me, for hundreds of years were able to do with another person anything they wanted I mean anything they wanted you the, mean like another another human being okay like I'm talking particularly about slavery right sure just you're able to do whatever you want like your fucking deepest darkest desires anything to not look at that person like a human being for lineages sure. you know what I'm saying for a long time I think that that might unlock some shit within you you know what I mean like to be able to do that tonight, tonight, look at that person as a human being, and you're able to just treat it any kind of way. And I mean, any kind of for hundreds of years, yeah. and then you're in charge of shit. You're in charge of shit. You're in charge of money. You're in charge of you know what I'm saying where food is, housing. Like you're in charge of shit for a long time. And then, wait a minute, a black president, a woman, this, uh, they're starting to read. Wait, vote. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Like, and, and they see power slipping from their fingers, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that were me, if that were, if I if I just thought about that, like, yo, man, I might be going a little crazy, too. Like, so I might you're, be going, are you trying to put yourself in a position of, like, for example, not all, but a lot of, like, Trump supporters? Yeah. Like, the people who are like, yeah. our country's slipping away from us. Yeah, that, that yeah but not even them. They're idiots. They're absolute idiots because Trump doesn't give a fuck about them. The, the rich, I'm talking about, like, the absolute one percenters, like those. Okay. Not, like... Trump supporters are a whole different. We're in the same boat, you fucking idiots! Like all of we're all in the same boat together. They're just putting us against each other because it's easy for them to continue to manipulate us. And who's they? And what do you the one percent, the people who have the most money. Okay. Very simple. Not no conspiracy type of this secret group somewhere. The motherfuckers with the most money who make decisions that 
fuck our lives over. The housing, the food, mm. the education. Yeah, you know, how do you shut down more schools and then build more prisons? If that's not like an obvious, like damn, that's what that's how you damn. And then prison is just modern day slavery. You're working for corporations in there for pennies. They found a way. You know, they found a loophole. The most amazing statistic about the prison population in the U.S. is that the U.S. is like one, I don't know, like a quarter of China's population, mm-hmm. and they've got way more prisoners. Mm-hmm. And China's an authoritarian, supposedly, state, right? Yeah. One party system. And the U.S. imprisons way more people. Than, like, that's insane. One in every four black men. Well, yeah, one in every four black men are in prison. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? Well, I think Bernie Sanders was talking about that in the campaign trail, right? Like if you're if you're born black a black man in America today, you have pretty much like yeah, one in four shot at ending up in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and then like so I I'm not I when I'm when I'm when I do with that that empathy, you know what I'm saying, when I try to put myself in, right. in, in those shoes, it's like one is for me not to be fucking absolutely crazy, because it's like like you you're so hypocritical. Like, why won't you just accept facts? I'm about facts. Me personally, Binky, I'm so much about facts. Like, if you, if me and my girlfriend get into an argument and she presents facts to me about some shit that I did, I'm accepting it. No more yeah. argument. Right. No more argument. I'm my. I can get. I'm beyond my ego enough at this point. For, in that matter, that you bring me some fucking facts, I have no choice but to be like, yo, you're right. You're right. Hey, Binky, what? What the fuck? What? Two plus two is four. All right. Right. You got a point. Two plus two is four. Fuck. I bet she's figured that out, too, and she really, like, she just loves... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured it out with her, though, too. She's accepted that. She's gotten that from me. Okay. Like, she's gotten that oh, part... Oh, she's of, the same way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's gotten that more of that from me. If I present her with some factual shit, even if she's in an emotional state, she will... She might not react, like, right then and there, but her her... Her ability to bounce back is right. beautiful. Beautiful to be like, you know what? I fucked up. Right. And you, I don't, I don't show it, but I'm doing backflips. <laughs> like when you win an argument. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a good I'm in, dude. What? What? I'm it's like, yo, good. I gotta, I gotta take it humbly and shit. Like, yo, it's cool. I knew it's all right. Yeah, I knew, I knew you understood. It's just we were in a very emotional state. Right. But over here, I'm like. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, winning an argument with women, that's like another podcast. That's, like, that's mm-hmm. a big topic. Um, yeah, we should interview the experts and get to the bottom of it. I'm down for that. Yeah. But you're talking about, I mean, that's really interesting to me. Like, trying in so far as possible to be empathetic with people who, on paper, it'd be easy for you to just say, fuck them. Mm-hmm. I hate those people who are saying mm-hmm. these things. Um, do you think that's rare um, among black people among people who have been wronged by the system like to actually sit down and think okay what are these people worried about what are their concerns it should it is not only is it rare but it should be becoming more rare it's hard to do yeah. you know what i'm saying well i ain't gonna say it should be, become more rare because i think to be empathetic breeds for communication but we have been the ones have been empathetic the most sure they treat us like they treat us like they think we're going to treat them what do you mean by that? They're terrified of us. They're terrified. You, and who's they in this? They, I'm talking about like white America. White, the America. white America. The white supremacy, white America, white America globally. Right. Globally, white supremacy is kind of running shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you go to a 7-Eleven in Thailand, 
and all the lotions and the deodorants, I don't know what that fucking means, are whitening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're all, and that's, and that's like a colorism thing, but that's, that's just like, that's what, like, Europe kind of like, this is the, this is the standard of beauty. This is the standard sure. of beauty to be lighter skin, to be white. The whiter you are, the, the teachers here, teachers in Thailand, to be blonde and blue-eyed is the top of the fucking class. Sure. You can get hired to do anything in Thailand if you're blonde and blue-eyed. Yeah. Are you killing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, online teaching. You'll be firstly hired for if you're blind and blue eyes or anything else. Now, I like I'm I am very comfortable with the white privilege that I get over here. You know what I'm saying? As an American, like I get actually privileged over here. This so what are you great. saying? Are you saying privilege in the sense of just because you speak with an American accent, people treat you better? Yeah, because I'm American. Right. Because I'm American. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm have I haven't been demonized as much here right. than America. They don't if they, they see me as they, they first see me as they see me as a, as a foreign, of course. They see me as a foreigner. They know that. They know that I'm not African because Africans tr- get treated different here. Yeah. They get, you know what I'm saying? They definitely get treated All over Asia. Yeah. All over Asia. Yes. Africans are the Mexicans of, of, <laughs> of, of Asia. Southeast Asia. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say Asia in general. Like I spent a lot of time in India. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't want to be African. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, so yeah, I get, I get privileged here because... I can walk down an alley behind somebody and then they're not scared. They're not scared. Like you mean Thai people? Thai people. Right. I See, Thai. I'd be terrified, but you're saying Thai people. <laughs> you should be. I'm, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> I'm looking for you. I'm just messing with you. But you, you mean Thai people, right? Like Thai, yes. people, Thai people don't have that same prejudice. Yeah. That's really interesting. Here in Chiang Mai. In Chiang Mai. In Chiang Mai. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm well aware of uh, some other places. Like Bangkok and that? Or? Yeah. But Bangkok is so fucking hip hop heavy. They, they right. think they're black anyway. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody, that's man. Everybody want to be black, but nobody want to be black. That's the thing, man. That's interesting. That's the, everybody want to be black. Nobody wants to be black. You want all of our magic, none of our our troubles. That's you know that's really interesting. Well, I was thinking about this recently. Like, so a couple of episodes ago, I interviewed a guy who wrote an amazing history and like the definitive history of the Chitlin Circuit in mm-hmm. the U.S., which is like you know the black circuit, the mm-hmm. places in the South that were safe for black performers to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Muddy like, Waters came up to yeah, B.B. King, yeah. uh, Little Richard, a host of up just insane artists. Richard Pryor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was places where black people were relatively safe to, mm-hmm. to perform throughout the South. Um, I was thinking of this question of like, you know, I, I don't cultural appropriation is a term that I have a lot of trouble with because like, I just feel like culture is everyone's. You know what I mean? Like it's like a. I don't know. I, I don't think it's tough to claim ownership of something as a culture because what does that really mean, you know? And everything, everybody steals from everybody else, and there's just a whole lot of interaction going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of appropriation, like you know, rock and roll, and blues, and house music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? All disco, all these great musical music, mu- musical movements that I love, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, for a relatively because I don't know what the population of African Americans is in terms of in the US. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big it is exactly, but it's you know it's small ish. It's mm-hmm. less than twenty percent, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the just um, unimaginable, just huge cultural um, upgrades and improvements and developments and developments in terms of like the influence of black people on world culture mm-hmm. and world music culture mm-hmm. is insane dude style yeah culture motherfucking i know music. it sounds like i'm kissing your ass because no 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 in my kitchen. no not at all you know I, what I mean? I, you're a music fan i'm I a music that. fan i understand that but here's here's why okay 
culture should be everybody's. But here's a, here's where appropriation comes in. Appropriation comes in when you don't study it, when you just take it and mm. and do your thing with it without serving homage. Absolutely, you know I what I'm totally saying. Without that. without serving homage and just Elvis appropriated. You know what I'm saying? Like people have been tweeting. Like people been tweeting, my, like Vic Mensa, who's a Chicago artist, dope ass MC, um, tweeted about Justin Timberlake, him and about him appropriating like black culture. You know what I'm saying? And I think I want to give Justin a pass because because he I think he's he's a he respects the art. I think he respects the art. Like I I don't think he would. But then you got people like um, like Iggy Azalea. You're, mm-hmm. Where she doesn't even know what the fuck is going on, yeah. And who are these? And I think those are those are two totally opposite. You know, what I'm saying people are on the spectrum. You know, what I'm saying like those between those two are different. I think Justin Timberlake definitely pays homage and has studied. You know what I mean? He's a massive Michael head. Yes, Marvin Gaye and like yes, I, like because it's easy to think of just think of the boy band. But and I don't like all of his music. I think some of his music is very good, mm-hmm. the solo stuff. Um, that's just my opinion, but. I do think he's someone who gives a shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And so, like, you know, you got that. You got those two different people. That's the, that's when appropriation comes in, and and it's just motherfuckers took everything, like everything. So even when it's a, a case like a Justin Timberlake, we're so fucking like, like you're, we're sick of you taking shit that even you know what I'm saying somebody who respects the art. Might get you know what I'm saying uh, generalized and put in another whole fucking subject with an Iggy Azalea, you know what I'm saying, and that's where the shit gets blurred at because to explain how you take you 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 white people in America all over the world yeah. have white male Christians, you know what I'm saying, have done genocide for the Native American and then treated the black man like an animal, you know. Like, and literally like an animal. Literally like yeah. an animal. And then took all of their culture away. Damn, damn. Like, uh, fucking your name, your lineage, whatever tribe you're from, wherever part of Africa you're from. You know what I'm saying? And then your culture. And then when we make up our own, like, all right, fuck it. Fuck it. We don't even, we, we don't remember how to speak that way. We don't remember what that is to us. So we will do this hip hop shit. We'll create a whole black culture that is fucking, we'll just... We'll have our own shit. You know what I'm saying? Let's just, we'll 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 blend in with this American bullshit dream that you had us create, that you had us build, and then all right, fuck it. All right, we're free now. Fine, fine, fine. We're free now. We don't want to fuck with y'all. We're not even gonna go berserk and just start slaughtering the shit out of you for the things you've done for hundreds of years. Now this, this is not like a 50 year span where some shit happened. This is hundreds. Yeah. Uh, 50 years is a long time. Go to jail for, for 10 years. <laughs> go to jail for 10 years. I've never been in jail. But I'm just saying, go to, go to prison for three years. That's a fucking lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like, think, I can I can do it. I can go to prison for no years. One year would be a lifetime to me. I love being free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One year would be so... Imagine hundreds of years of being just subjugated and oppressed and raped and fucking over and over again. Beat and unfair. Just like... Totally, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck did you do to deserve that? And then, and then we survive it. We survive it. We're the. Then I feel like we're we're the we're the we're the ancestors of the strongest motherfuckers because it, what kind of strength does it take to survive that? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, what kind just of struggle? Survived slavery, to survive Jim Crow. Oh my survive. Jim Crow, civil rights, all that shit. And this, and these, like, like Louis C.K. said, it very well was not. 70 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and to survive all that and to be at a point where you're still angry about, you're still angry about, you should just accept your, your fucking defeat, your, earn your place in this world the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, for people like that wasn't me, that wasn't our, that wasn't that wasn't me. But you still get to benefit from that tyranny. You know what I'm saying? That fucking terrorism that lasted hundreds of years. If you are a benefiter of that, then you should fucking just say, man, you know what? My my contribution is to add to this and help out instead of saying mine, 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 and being and and villainizing the people, the victims. You know what I'm saying? Like villainizing the victims. Like what the fuck? And then you're turning the fucking ignorant white people against making them think that we're the criminals when you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. Worst in terms of what? Worst in the way you treat people. In the way you... Like, the, you mean throughout history? Throughout history, right. yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, the evidence is right there. It's I not just, the facts. Because it's just for the mic. That's oh, all. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, just don't. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, and that's that, and I think my biggest problem with saying all that shit, my biggest problem is the is the non acceptance of it. Like, so just, what do you mean by that? The non acceptance of what? Of the things that have been done, that history, the non acceptance of historical of crimes. Why the fuck do we still celebrate Columbus Day in America? That's a very interesting question. That's dark. When you thing. look at his crimes and what and what kind of character that man actually had, um, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not American. Oh. I'm a Canadian. Yeah, and of course. Um, you get to you know. slip through all this. Good job. Well, not exactly, though. I mean, yeah. Canada's got an interesting history in terms of all of this, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Columbus Day thing is like, it's like, why don't we have like a Genghis Khan day? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not, not on the same scale, but like, you know, it's... Dude, you know, he, you look at, yeah. he, started a tra- he was a part of the transatlantic slave trade. Sure. He made the people give him gold if they didn't give him gold he would cut off their hands and make them wear it around their own neck he said that 12 year olds were the best sex slaves to trade right you know what I'm saying like these are that's monstrous man happy Columbus Day happy Columbus (laughs) yeah that's always struck me discovered America is still in history books yeah how yeah how Columbus discovered America right as if the people who lived there had no idea even in oh this oh (laughs) even in history books it's like some brown people on the shore waving at him as he comes in (laughs) and like wait a minute yeah if they're waving like and still just to be that you know what I'm saying? Like blinders on and not accept little sorry, the little shit like that. Like, man. Yeah. Like how do we get how do we even get to the next step the the euphoria that we all want? That's the thing. They they're we've been they've been pumped with such fear. With such fear. Who's they? White America white in general. Like okay. white America does that doesn't have the money. Okay. I'm talking about like middle class, lower class, white America. Have been pumped. Fox News is the devil. It just is the devil, man. I don't know if they're the devil. Um, I think they well, present a lot of news. questionable news. You're, but your news, sure. though, how do you how do you have so much opinion and you're the news? You're not giving fact. You're lying to people to fit your agenda. What would you say to fans of MSNBC, the more liberal slanted news network? You know, what, I was say the same thing. I was a big fan of MSNBC, and they do push they do push the liberal side pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you see when you if you compare sides, both of them have evil and blood on their hands. 
honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you look at, like, the shit that's going on right now, it's just their unacceptance of, like, the right, the total right side is, like, so, like, not give a fuck. And at least the liberals care. How, let's start a global warming. Let's, you know, at least the liberals care about what, know that's a real thing. That's for everybody. That's for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And you're, to say that it doesn't exist just to push, you know what I'm saying, just to push corporations to get more money, that's kind of evil. That's kind of evil. That's yeah. kind of evil to, you know, to lie to the public like that. Donald Trump was on TV the other day and said something along the lines of hairspray, not. He was like, yeah, I know, I, I got hairspray. Look, it's my real hair. It's my real hair. And he's like, you know, they're trying to tell me that spraying hairspray is going to mess up the ozone layer. Come on. I don't think so. I don't think so. I know. I know. That's dumb. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of, damn. Well, the fact that, that, you know, you really have to press, like, Republican politicians, Republican political candidates to admit that global warming is real, is even happening. Like, you really have to press them on that point. And many of them will say, no, I think it's, you know, a hoax invented by either China, as Trump suggests, uh-huh. uh, or, you know, the left or whatever. And I don't know. I think I think that both the left and the right... Um, they present narratives that their audiences want to hear. Absolutely. And a lot of the time, those narratives are wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not drawing false equivalency. I would say, as an outsider looking in, it seems like there's more of that among right-wing media. Unquestion- mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Um, but I think that, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on to this tangent. No, um, yeah. I'd... But, like, I just, I'm so politically jaded right now. Like, I hate the extremes on both sides. It's so dumb. So much. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like... Because, again, a big part of the thing is, is that I, to, on a certain level, is that, you know, with the internet, with all of this technology, with multiple news channels, with all this stuff, mm-hmm. we don't have a basic set of facts to agree on anymore, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Because, like, we all want to go on our liberal websites and our conservative <laughs> websites yeah. and listen to our liberal podcasts, our conservative podcasts. And, like, no, it's true, though. It's true. It's absolutely. like we all, and we all want to hear the narratives that we want to hear because that feels good. Mm-hmm. I'll be totally honest with, with, you know, with anyone about that. I've been, I've always been fascinated by politics, always. Um, and it's validating to hear opinions that you agree with. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy's an asshole. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you know, this person, whatever. It's like that feels good. But at a certain point, you have to look at yourself. Like the, the most impressive thing people can say to me is, is wow, I didn't, I didn't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Or not even like validating something I said, but just to say, yeah, I, really, I changed my mind about this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was thinking about this, and I got being open-minded. Because Be even open-minded. in politics, that's a liability. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a flip-flopper. Okay, yeah. if it's flip-flopping born out of political opportunism, yeah, that's disgusting. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's just you know, being all of a, them. Yeah, exactly. See every politician. In Everybody. History, right. But if you're changing your mind for it's like even if I I don't like this conclusion very much, but I looked at these facts and this is you know my mind has changed. That I gain immediate respect for that. Absolutely, you know, because that takes balls. It's not easy. Yeah, you know, that's really not. It's not easy for anybody. People stick to their shit. Exactly. People stick to their. Because it's shit. about ego investment. Mm-hmm. I'm this type of person. This is what I believe. That's that's it, dude. And it's like there's no growth there. You know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I've been I've been changed here. Uh, in Chiang Mai, absolutely, man. Like how so? In the sense where I had to, I've been able to go inward and more here than any other place because in America I can't I don't have time for that my time to sort of investigate yourself absolutely right I have a a thousand different other things in my mind you know what I'm saying capitalism racism those two things are a huge part of how I move but I gotta make money I gotta make money and you know 
and I got to watch out not to be killed by police. And when I'm you're like, in the States. You when mean. I'm in the States, you know what I mean? Like, it's, especially, like, right now, that shit is terrifying, I'm, I'm assuming, man. Like, and, and here's the worst part about it, to me. One of the worst parts about it is it doesn't matter if I'm a, a fucking... A thug, a, a true-to-life thug, like an actual thug, because they exist, like a for-real thug, yeah. or if I'm a doctor, if I'm in a hoopty or a, or a Benz, you know, if I'm on a bike or I'm walking, if I'm in a suit or I have no shirt on with tattoos on my forehead, we're going to get treated the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the shitty part of it, because they, the whole time, white America tells you to formulate, you know what I'm saying, to just to blend in with us, do what we do. And then you have people that do that. They try to assimilate, and then they assimilate, and then you get to there, and you think that's. I think that's one of Kanye's problems too. Kanye, as an artist, it's like, okay, I assimilated. I married. I married a, a hot white woman. Um, I, I'm making. I'm still making great music. You know, I'm still making great music, and I'm making this kind of this much money. And I should be able to do anything. I should be able to do anything. I'm an artist. I disguise the limit. They're like, mm, hold on, black boy. You can entertain us, but don't try to like, don't try to like make clothes with us and shit. Being our fashions, so that's a whole different. You don't. Who do you think? No, no, that's not for you. And he's like, what? No, like that kind of doesn't know how to eat. He just has temper tantrums. He, he acts like a child in a sense, but his sense of like what he's saying, like I get. Did you hear? He just got like a billion dollar deal with Adidas. No. He got a fucking billion dollar deal with Adidas. Like literally a billion. Mm-hmm. He's gonna wow. he's gonna do NFL and NBA. He's gonna wow do the jerseys and he's gonna have Kanye stores, Yeezy stores. Wow, like a like Adidas Yeezy stores. That's amazing. That's pretty dope. That's he's got to be the first person, the first musician to have that. Probably wow. Yeezy stores. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. He went on Ellen and just did his whole little rant. I think that's kind of what did it. Yeah, yeah. But but all in all, all in all, man, it's just that. So getting back to politics. It's very disheartening right now to to be in America. I haven't been allowed to go in. I, I don't. I wouldn't be allowed to go in there right now. The way I've been going going in here, like actual ego checking, um, doing like. You're saying you wouldn't be psychologically prepared for that? Absolutely not. Huh. I wouldn't be in a position to. Wow. And how long have you been over here in Thailand? A year and about three months. A year, three, four months. And and why do you think that would be such a bracing transition? Because it affects me here. Because politics in America. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, because my whole everything is there. My family, my friends, my lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I grew up in is is there. So it affects me because it affects my friends, my family, and my people. And I get, and it makes me guilty sometimes that I get to breathe this free air, that I get to live this oppression-free life. You feel more free here in Northern Thailand than you do in Chicago. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's coming from an artist who gets to get free whenever he wants to on stage. Right. I get to, I, I feel like a fucking. That's when you feel float. most free. Yeah. When you're on stage. Floating. Floating. And it's a beautiful feeling, but then. And, and, and in Chicago, like I told you earlier, I'm around a fucking group of people that breathe freedom, that breathe love, that breathe like soul to soul contacts, conversing, having parties together, fucking building. Grassroots organizers, fucking black power strugglers, fucking lesbian uh, activists, like a whole bunch of just dope ass liberal artist ass people. So I get to be around that. But 
with all that other shit around us, it's just, it's kind of our responsibility to like bleed that out. You know what I'm saying? To like, I'm not sure I understand. As artists. To express the collective pain of society, the collective. I think Nina Simone has a, um, has a, a quote that I'm going to fuck up, but the premise, the whole premise of it is like, okay, it's the artist's job to reflect the times. Right, sure. You know what I'm saying? It's the artist's job. To, and being in Chicago, which is the highly, most highly uh, populated city in America, black people, we, because of that, because we're, there's so many of us in one spot, there is a, for the ones who are killing each other, there's a big-ass group who love the shit out of each other. Hmm. Uh, and, and that side of it doesn't get portrayed. That side of it doesn't get put in the news. And if, it, if they do, it's a quick, it's a quick expose. You know what I mean? But you got so much pride there. Jazz, Chicago, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So much pride and history and love there. Because they wanna put they wanna put it out there that all black people fight and hate each other and all that shit. Well there's there's so much camaraderie and love and fucking man, it's the magic that, that the world loves about black people and people of color, imagine that that it's all together. You know what I'm right. saying? Like a fucking circle of that. A circle of just black magic. Yeah. It feels like magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why me and my girlfriend started a group out here called Black Packers. I saw that. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Right? Yeah. Black Packers. Mm-hmm. So, what is that? Black Packers is um, a time when we all get together. Like, we usually do it on Sundays. And who's we? We, me, my girlfriend, a whole bunch of other Black Packers. I've collected black and brown people out here like fucking Pokemon. <laughs> Okay. Do you trade the like, trading cards? And, yeah, wow. yeah. I trade them for uh, for more, <laughs> for more. And then I get that one back. Right. But uh, every black person that I've seen here, no, no bullshit. I've stopped. Let me say, I'll say ninety percent. I'll say ninety percent because it's ten percent. I'm sometimes I'm in a rush. Sometimes I don't feel the energy. I'm like, yeah, they ain't gonna be, they ain't gonna fuck with me. Mm-hmm. I could, sometimes you can just tell. But um, yeah, every one of them. Skirt. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up? We end up hugging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That black magic shit. I'm trying to explain that shit, man. It's it's real. It's what real. is that? What do you mean? Man, the struggle is real. The mm. struggle is real. You know what I'm saying? So sure. it's like people of color, no matter where they're from, know that struggle on a level. On a level. You know what I'm saying? Like on a level. Somewhere they've been treated like shit because of how they look. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere in this world, no matter if they're fucking from France, even if they're from Canada. Slight absolutely. possibility, but even if they're from Canada, no, absolutely. even they're from Canada, and I'm, not, and I'm saying that all for experience. Like even we had uh, Kim uh, was in black was in, is in Black Packers, and she got educated on all the shit that we go through as Americans. Hmm. She was like, "Whoa!" And she's Canadian. She's Canadian, right? From Toronto, hmm. and she was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Did not know that. Did not know that. What? Damn. Well, stopping you there because mm-hmm. so. The whole, like, we're talking today on, it's June, July 11th, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was just this shooting in, in Dallas and Baton Rouge is going insane. Um, there was just a Black Lives Matter, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was just a Black Lives Matter. They, sh- they shut down the Toronto Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, uh, with a list of demands, uh, including, I believe, that there's no more police floats in, mm-hmm. the, in the Toronto Pride Parade. Um and I'll just, like, I'm a white Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in the U.S. But I think I can speak for, like, people around the world watching. Mm-hmm. At least a lot of people I know, Canadians, uh, watching the Black Lives Matter protests. Like, 
So I, I spent, you know, a lot of time in small town Ontario. It's like 98% white and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I lived in cities later, but I just think like when I was growing up, like how old are you? 34. 34, okay. So we're not that far apart in age. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, like there'd be some negative impressions of the police. Like mm-hmm. yeah, police are kind of power hungry assholes kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, they're, you know, they, some people who uh, they join the force because they want to feel powerful, mm-hmm. like, you know, but I wasn't afraid of the police, you know, mm-hmm. police pulled me over. Um, I'm a white guy, uh, in the middle of Ontario or even in Toronto or Ottawa or Montreal. I'm not afraid of the police. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who grew up in Chicago, what, I mean, what was your experience growing up? Like what, what did you think of the police? And like when you're back home, like you legitimately feel afraid if mm-hmm. a cop stops you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can have, and that's that's the thing. I've been arrested a whole bunch of times just for some traffic shit, right? Okay. Um, Back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Just like for traffic shit, stupid traffic. Shit. I've never, I don't have any kind of criminal record. Never been in prison whatsoever. But I have spent like a weekend in jail. You know what I'm saying? I'm what a speeding ticket. Speeding ticket. Just have a suspended license. Not taking Jesus, care of my shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Chicago's ticket crazy. Yeah. They get all their money. They get uh-huh. all their fucking money from parking tickets and speeding tickets. You get three tickets in a year, then they suspend your license. Hmm. They suspend your license. And I get pulled, I got pulled over a lot. I'm a dark skinned, big black male with a beard. Yeah. I'm a easy target. Yeah, you're like I'm a black, easy. you look like a black Muslim. You That's look like, like should be. What? That's what they, they Which is like a double whammy. A double whammy right <laughs> now. part of the state. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and I'm big. So I've been, I've even been, Handcuffed. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've been handcuffed as a passenger. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, like like putting handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. Like from how how old would you have been? Like um, sometimes. 18, 19, You know, eighteen up. And then I, I lived in the suburbs for like seven years. And suburban cops are different from city cops. Suburban cops are thirsty for anything. They're thirsty for any kind of action. Any kind of action. They're, I don't feel like they're as crazy as the city cops because, but they're all, they all go to police academies. I got my degree in criminal justice. I was going to become a cop. Hmm. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to start off as a cop. I wanted to, my whole plan was to destroy the matrix from the inside. That's what I was, I swear to God, that's my whole plan. I was like, yo, I'm going to be the nicest, dopest fucking cop ever. Hmm. Like I'm actually going to help people because that's in my nature to do. That's my family. That's how we, that's service, man. Like service to each other. You know, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, I wonder how many African Americans are looking at the situation and saying, "You know what? To hell with it! I'm going to become a cop. I'm going to be damn good." I'm sure cop. so. Let's get let's let's change this ridiculous mm-hmm. system from the inside. But yeah. I know so many people who don't even believe in the good cop scenario because mm-hmm. they're all military trained, and it's such a brotherhood that. You're expected not to step up and say anything. You're supposed to have your brother's back no matter what. Right. No matter what. That's the in the police academy brainwash you just like military they military train you. They military train you. In the military they train you to be one fucking unit. You're one body, one unit. I go if you go down, I go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a can be a beautiful thing if you are trying to take over a country, but not if you're fucking policing neighborhoods. And then you you put you put in Canadian, you put in Canadian, you know what I'm saying, white Ontario guy in the middle of fucking the south side of Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, is they've never been there before. All they know of black culture is what they've seen on television, what mm-hmm. media feeds them. Yeah. So they have us, they have, but they have 
They're 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 military trained. They're military like, yo, just be ready. They're dangerous. This is what a criminal looks like. Right. This is what a criminal looks like. If you see one of these, most likely it's a criminal. It's like the animal shit. Going You're back even to wearing the, a hoodie. I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Exactly. That's triple wing. Target. Yeah. yeah. Target. I got I'm a, I'm a black I'm a, I look like a black Muslim hoodie wearing <laughs> dark skin thug. Right. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. this is how they painted me. This is how they painted me. So you got you put that person in the middle of the hood, man. He's not gonna know what the fuck to do. He's gonna if I sneeze, he's, he might shoot me. So yes, I'm fucking scared when the police pull up, pull me over and get behind, get behind me, get by me. Mm. Yo, there. I swear to God, I can t- I can vouch for any black person listening to this podcast ever. I'll vouch for them and tell them in America, they will agree with this. What I'm about to say. If you are in the car with you and your friends, maybe even if you're alone, but if it's a bunch of black people in the car and your music is semi-loud like it's not bumping but it's you know it's, it's mm. up and the police either come behind you or on the side of you you stop talking mm. you get so you start, you turn the radio all the way down you don't make eye contact with them you know what I mean like it's like it's like you're a bunch of fucking antelope and a fucking lion is just like staring at you licking his chops you know what I mean and to look at them is like they might pounce like to look at them they might pounce even if you don't look at them they might pounce I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not. I'm at the point right now where I'm not fucking scared. Like I'm not scared. If it's like if they're gonna pull me over and they're gonna pull a gun on me and shit like that, like that's just, that's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. I'm not scared though. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think not anymore. Like not anymore. Like I'm so I'm so full of pride and 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 just frustration and just like fuck that. Like fuck being scared. Fuck fuck giving them right. that that. You know what I'm saying? Fuck giving them that. I'm not gonna die being scared, and, but I'm not gonna be a fool either. That's not that's not me saying like fuck you, police officer. No, I'm gonna abide by the rules. I'm gonna go home alive, but I'm not scared. Fuck them. They're not gonna take that from me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Fuck that. And that's if I'm if I'm gathering what you're saying lately, and I've heard other people say this as well, but like that's what's so galvanizing and uniting about the Black Lives Matter movement and protests against police brutality. Because no matter, pretty much no matter where you are in the U.S., pretty much, you know, 98% of black people have had experiences like that, have grown up with suspicion mm-hmm. and nerves around police because they've had these experiences. Suburban, suburban girls whose parents are well off to fucking like dirty, grungy in the middle of the ghetto hood right. with no money have been treated the same exact way. Right. They've been treated the same exact way. You know what I'm saying? At some point of their life. And so walking around with that for a long time, you get really, fr- it's, a, it's a sadness really, man, to be honest. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a sadness that has weighed heavy, especially when there's no justice for it. When there's no justice, you got to think about that, what that does to someone. Like a thing of a rape victim, think of a rape victim, you know what I'm saying, dude? Like people say, forget about the past, forget about the slavery and all that shit, forget about that, let's move forward as a people. Like that's fine. Everybody wants to move forward. Everybody wants to move forward. But how? How can, How? How when there's no justice, there's no satisfaction, no satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Like if a, a rape victim like saw her rapist in court, it's like, yo, that's the person that raped me right there. As a matter of fact, not only is that the person that raped me, you got video of it. You got video of it. Plain simple, rape me, that person, face on camera. And not guilty. What? But how? Right. What do you mean not guilty? Well, so, have, are you familiar with, like, Ta-Nehisi Coates and his argument about reparations mm-hmm. in terms of... Okay, so he's, like, um, he wrote this book called Between the World and Me. About, mm-hmm. he, people are calling him, like, the next James Baldwin, like, this really provocative African-American writer on race, mm-hmm. race relations in the U.S. 
Um, and in terms of like, because the thing like when what you're saying, like how the hell is there justice for slavery? Mm-hmm. When you think about that crime, it's like justice for the Holocaust. You know, it's these things like you can't, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I think someone looks at they, At least, but the Holocaust got reparations. Yeah, Germany's still paying, I believe. Everybody Probably. got reparations. Even right. Native Americans got more, even though they're dead yeah. and gone. But even they got something. Right. And we are the reason America's rich. Like, how do you get all that? You got all that money from free labor. From, yeah, for like and 200 years. For, I try to explain. When I, I have mentees at, at, uh, at home when I do mentoring and shit, I say, who has a job? People raise their hand. I say, what do you do? I work at Wendy's. Are oh, you working at Wendy's? How long have you been working there? A year. And we'll do the math on how much he made a year. 20,000 20, 20, let's say 20,000 and I was working like, 40 plus hours working a week. 40 plus hours a week you know what I'm saying and we did we do the math of break it down like how much he, you know what I'm saying how much you make an hour to a year I was like imagine if you work now at that times like 300, 200 like 200 years if you working there look how much money damn you're a baller dog like imagine you didn't get any of that though like any of that not only did you not get any of that, but in the middle of that, you're kind of getting raped and pillaged and like, right. like everything taken from you in the middle of you working as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and my, my thing with reparations is I don't, I don't feel like, like money, like giving money, free education. How about fucking free education? You know what I'm saying? Like that's simple. That's simple. Free education. You could do that. You could do, you can easily do that. As a matter of fact, you should be doing that because for everyone really. For everyone, everybody should get free education. But if you want to talk about reparations, if you want to talk about paying some shit back for all the money you've earned, like right. all this money you've earned, not really earned, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm saying it's like, in that strict sense of actually reparations, like it, it seems impossible. It's, yeah, like, like if it's like literally impossible. Yeah, yeah, tangibly, absolutely not. So then, like, what's the way forward then? This, this is the way. This is the way. Talking. Dialogue, man. Dialogue. Accepting shit. Yeah. Accepting shit. You won't even Columbus. All right. That's that's where we're at. That's where the fuck we're we're at Columbus and Trump. That's where we're at. Right what do you now. mean? We're at we're still celebrating Columbus Day and we're, we're celebrating Trump. And we're celebrating Trump. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at as as a fucking nation right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like what? I can, we can't we can't we're moving backwards. I read this. I did read this thing on Facebook when um, when Trump started moving further and further ahead. It was like um, some of the wrong lines of like this is this is America this is, this is a history this is history repeating itself like after every time we have a, a, a jump forward we take a big step back like we just that's that's just the law of the land For, since old white men run America it's like all right slavery's over I mean civil rights now up oh, Jim Crow laws you know what I'm saying like all that shit like Obama's here okay um, no Trump's here. No, you think <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna move backwards. That's why, like, but see, they're they're so scared of that power slipping from their slipping from their grasp. You know what I'm saying? They're just they be, terrified. Do you mean white American general? Or mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, one percent. Yeah, no. Okay. The ones who are in charge, right? The ones who have the power. Yeah, they're just so terrified of. And I think about this too. I think about like the whole like purity of the race thing. How they've been? They made Jesus white. They made God white. They made angels white. They made it's everybody who is super powered is white. Yeah, J- Jesus, this Palestinian carpenter. Somehow he's white. That's what amazes <laughs> he me. He went burn. Yeah, he, exactly. The fuck? He, he could walk on be, water. He must be just wearing layers of that creepy whitening <laughs> cream we see all over every Seven Eleven in Thailand. He spent so long out there. Yeah. No, not even that's him, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he always looks like Barry Gibb. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is that possible? 
Yeah. And his abs. He works out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just hits up the uh, Babylonian gym. <laughs> <laughs> but all they, they, make, they push all that, you know, all that whiteness on you. And then it's like, then I forgot what my point was about them pushing that white. I swear I derailed you. No, no, that's all right, man. But they push that white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I was getting at. About that, like, white purity thing. I think about that, too. Like, a, a bunch of my friends think about that as well. It's like, they want it to be so pure, but in 50 years, white people in America won't be the majority anymore. They're all going to look like Obama. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, I think that terrifies them, too. Hmm. Because we'll have no choice but to accept each other at that point. Hmm. And if they can't separate us anymore, if they can't tell the difference, yeah. how the fuck do you pin us against each other? I've thought about this, too. I mean, you know, in, in America, even in Canada and big Canadian cities, um, you know, as a means of combating racism, just the fact that mixed race kids are going up. I mm-hmm. wonder what impact that'll have in, say, 100 years, as uh, you say. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting idea. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're I mean, how can it not, right? Yeah. Like, if mom's white and dad's black, you know, pretty good chance you won't grow up with much racial hatred. That's what I'm saying. It's like Dave Chappelle, the, the white, uh, or the black-white supremacist. Yeah. You know, like, pretty <laughs> look at un- it, look at it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty unlikely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and they're terrified of that, man, yeah. because it's like... If you, to distinguish, to like separate us, to divide us like that, divide and conquer, easy. Like it's easy to do that just by looking at someone. Mm. But if you can't tell no more, how the fuck do I, mm, Yeah. Like how do I make it seem like, then they might pick something else. Um, What's that lady's name? Did you ever see the brown, the blue eye, brown eye project? I'm not sure, no. Oh man, look that up, dude. The blue eye, brown eye project. Yes. I think it's, I think it's the blue eye, the is either the Blue Eye Project. Oh, that experiment yeah. with kids where they taught them. Yeah, well, explain exactly what that is. She basically, and she's fucking brilliant. I forgot her name. But if you look up the project, you get her name. She's been doing it for a long time. Right. And she figured out what racism is and why they do it. And she took the Blue Eye kids of the class and the Brown Eye kids of the class, made the Blue Eye or the Brown Eye, made them seem like they were more superior and like the and give them give them all the praise give one group the, all the praise you guys are the greatest you're better look at those brown eyed kids little fuckers like look at them they probably look at the worst grades they sleep the longest little shits and the blue eyed kids like yeah yeah fuck those brown eyed kids man I can tell too because Jimmy goes a little <laughs> he's a little weird so yeah you're right brown eyed kids are like that and then she switched it and they, oh and she gave them rewards and shit like you know like like made them. Give them little rewards and yeah. then give it to them. Then she switched it, and the same exact thing happened. The same exact thing happened, and it's like there you go. Yeah, that's what they do. It's easily done. You know what I'm saying? They, if it could be, it can happen with his children. Can, and then they, the kids talked about it freely. This is in the '70s when she first did this shit, yeah. and she, she's done it a couple times too. But like, she asked the kids questions. They were mad eloquent about their answers. Like, yo, I believe that blue eyed kids weren't shit. Right. <laughs> like. For those for that for that whole day, man, I didn't like, and this is my best friend. I, I always shared my graham crackers with this guy, but yesterday he wasn't shit. Yeah, fuck Jimmy yesterday, right? <laughs> and it was blue eyed devilness. You know what I'm saying, man? You can edit that in a terrible way, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. No, I mean it's amazing. You can sort of train people to hate each other so easily. So easy, yeah. Sheep, man. Yeah, yeah. Sheep. That's one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is uh, degrees of unplugging from cultural influences, from mm-hmm. the news, mm-hmm. from all these things, because, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, you really have to be careful with the sort of information in general that you're ingesting because mm-hmm. it impacts you. All the noise, you know, we're surrounded by noise all day. 
um, from you know websites and radio and television and pings on our phone like you know unprogramming from stuff and like but it, I mean on deprogramming from things and cutting yourself off more seems it doesn't seem like it's going to be an option for many people mm-hmm. and it's, it's difficult to do it's difficult to turn off the news to turn off because like we'll bring things back like you're here in Thailand mm-hmm. in Chiang Mai in northern Thailand but you're still obviously really impacted by what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just ask you this. Like, why are you here? I'm not saying you shouldn't be. You're more than <laughs> But you know what I mean. <laughs> the fuck out of here, baby. Uh, right. All right. Right. Um, are you saying, like, why am I here instead of there? Yeah, or well, just yeah. How why, are, why are you here? I came here originally for a teaching artist program. Okay. Because that's what I do at home. Yeah. Uh, but the program I was in was subpar or non-existent. Okay. And so I was only supposed to be here for three months. I quit the program after one month and started doing my own thing. Hmm. And my own thing, I started, I was feeling kind of sad about the way the program ended for me. And um, so I had to go get my therapy, which is like performing, doing something like that and just really releasing. And I found Northgate first. Northgate uh, Jazz Club. Northgate Jazz Club. Hmm. And performed there. I did, uh, <laughs> I did uh, Gold Digger. Kanye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was fun as fuck. And, and at that point, um, Northgate wasn't really built for people on the microphone. Like, it, it was all musicians, yeah. which was cool. But we started switching shit up. I started going there a lot. I started going to Mojo's Lounge when it was open. Then I had my own open mic at this place called Tea Tree. That was amazing. That I was fucking tree. amazing. Tea Tree. We, we, came, we became a community through Tea Tree. Who's we? Like the people that, um, the teacher community, really. Okay. Like a bunch of fucking cool ass hippies, and people really got loose up there, man. Like really bearing their soul. Then we had different workshops up there. We had a fucking, like, uh, polyamory uh, meeting talk. There was a lot of people at that meeting, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, straight up have built family type communities that still will last forever. Hmm. That will last forever. And then um, start performing a lot. And through Tea Tree, doing different festivals. And then I started, since I started hosting that, people started wanting me to host other shows out here. And I just basically became hood famous again, <laughs> like I did at home. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, man, um, I love it out here because you're able to do that. Venues are easy to get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Back home, like I got pulled because I've been there my whole life. Yeah. And I can get a venue easier than someone who hasn't been doing that. But here, it's really easy. They want me to come. They really like, yeah, we're come, yeah, come on, man, please. No, it is, yeah. I've even been like, you know, very amateur DJing around town. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's pretty easy to to move around, man. Yeah, it's really great. And then each people are pretty open, too. Seriously. And you can actually move up in your your gigs. Yeah. Like, I've moved up in my gigs, you know what I mean? Like, and being able to like charge uh, the game, you know what I'm saying? Be able to charge the game. Right, with tourist visas, all right. We're all day. Yeah. All day. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to, to derail us from, from the politics and the stuff. You yeah, know, man. Kind of like how we were getting into how we're going to solve slavery. <laughs> this is a music so how can do that, man? <laughs> right. 
Okay, sorry for stealing rock and roll. Sorry about <laughs> usurping jazz. House music, that was our bad. <laughs> right. Oh, Chicago. Oh, that's... Chicago house music, man. That's where, that's it. Frankie Knuckles, that's mm. it. Like, fuck. You know about Frankie Knuckles? That's impressive, oh, man. man. Absolutely, right. Frankie Knuckles. Good. I thought you'd do the fist thing. I don't really do it, but uh, I was trying to help you out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. That's all right. See? Me conforming. Um, fuck, son right. bitch. Another guy gone too soon, Frankie Knuckles. That's that was like a, that was a couple years ago, right? A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, man. It was a big party for him, yeah. man. Chicago house. Yeah. He called he called house music, I love it, he called house music Disco's Revenge. Ooh, you know, yeah. people said, fuck disco. All right, mm-hmm. fine. We're going to reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Oh, man. That's a, a house, a fucking house music jam that happens every year in Chicago in the park. People pop their tents. People bring Is that the one the Roots play? No. I'm thinking of something different. I was thinking of a different festival. What's this festival called? This, uh, what is this house music festival called? Is this, this is a house? I forgot what okay. it's called. Right, yeah, Damn, yeah. I did forget what it's called. That's that's. I mean, really, that's where it starts. If you're looking like. You but Frankie Knuckles used to do that all the time. Oh, yeah. He used to DJ that place all the time, man. And this, I'm talking about the whole park feel, and people just yeah, all fucking day, like man. Yeah, that's a good. I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to go sometime. I've never been to Chicago. I really want to go. Actually. Oh man, yeah, my dad. I've never been to Ontario. Oh, we should uh, do a house swap, maybe. Oh, there, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> my non-existent house. All right. <laughs> uh, I love giving away real estate. I don't own. See, I'm white. That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Can't help it, man. It's my blood. <laughs> Colonialism. Sorry about that. Uh, what else do we have? <laughs> Come on, keep it coming. You got yeah, more. You got a lot more. more. <laughs> yeah, how long of the podcast we have? I'll make a list for you tonight. <laughs> okay, I'll be honest, I have to read the yeah. next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Binky, I know you're listening out there. Here is the apology letter. Um, right. Coming straight from Ontario. <laughs> right. You got to kind of say half sorry for Kanye, though. Come on. You gotta Fair like, enough. Man, Fair sometimes. But only half like, sorry because you still listen to his music. Abso- absolutely. Like Ab- Pablo was fucking dope. Absolutely. Eh, I, I, Fuck I, you, dog. Like, what was the good? What was the only the one before that though with more of like a really bassy like uh, um, you know that hardcore fucking um, I can't recall the album before like Pablo uh, you talking about anyway I'll yeah. look it up later you don't like Life of Pablo I, I feel like Life of Pablo brought him back really yep I I, it was kind of vintage Kanye yeah I, you like the old Kanye I do like the, the old Kanye, Kanye. Yeah. like the give him another shot will you give him another shot I will absolutely I really appreciate that absolutely dude he's a great artist don't get me wrong just sometimes like Here's the thing, like I'm I'm Canadian and I'm colorblind in the sense that I hate anyone who like really thinks they're the shit right, too much. Fair. That's fair. You know, it's like I, I really totally value humility. I really mm-hmm. do, and it's you know it's very it's it to my detriment sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at marketing, terrible at self promotion. <laughs> even though I think well, it's okay. something valuable to offer. No, really, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> like um, I guess I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. A sticker of me. Oh no, that's right. stupid. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, that's too much money. I can't accept that. There'll be negative six people right. listening to this podcast. All right, you yeah. got to got to promote it. Right. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I'm getting better at it, but yeah. But anyway, that's that's my thing. With I, can I? Can I? I can kind of, of going back to the whole like race thing, okay. politics thing, all those things that are on top of us, right? Yeah. And then Kanye, and being from where I'm from, he's from the same place. So there's a sentiment that I do get. We do get. We are kind of up when it comes to like art. We are. You we, think you're that, the shit. We do. Right. We do. Chicagoans, as far as like that art shit, we think we're the shit. Right. And because New York had its time so long, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? New York, they created hip hop. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, of course, we bow down to you. You are, you know, your creators. But the students have surpassed the teacher. 
Hmm. Yeah, I'm saying that's that's pretty much what that's going. You've got a real twinkle in your eye here. <laughs> this is the real thing. This is the real shit. That's really going on. And then being around, even even in me, like I. Well, the second city, right? It's like that yeah. that uh, underdog kind of. Everybody thing. Everybody treats like, on their city you, with Chicago. You, know? you think you're better than me? Fuck you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? well, I, I'll tell you what. You just wait. You just wait. Right. I'm drinking milk now. <laughs> it was one of those commercials. Right. And so with Kanye, I get the sentiment because we're we're kind of uppity when it comes to that art shit because there is so many great artists there. Mm. Like really good. In Chicago. Yeah, and, and I'm only I'm saying that because I have at least traveled to a couple of states and um and seen their scene, their main scene of their, you know what I'm saying, of their poetry or of their hip hop, whatever. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, yo, it's not that good. Like this is not that good. I know an open micer who will come and destroy this this person who's the main attraction. You know what I'm saying? Like destroy just not even really this is their main attraction and this for this big event right here. Mm. Like damn, I know I know two kids. I know two fucking high I got I know a high schooler and a freshman in college who are dynamic together. One plays a keyboard, the other plays a beat machine. They switch back and forth with the guitar. Fucking amazing. And those are our main attractions. So we get a little like, <laughs> about right. it a little bit. And you would, you would understand. You would understand. But I, I'm i trying to be, I'm empathetic towards you too. Like, yeah, I don't like anybody that's too braggadocious. <laughs> Canada is just very neutral it's in their shit. It's a Canadian thing, man. It really is. Because like, we're the, you know, people think we're American. And people ask, people have educated people in different countries have asked me, Yo, you, you use American money, right? Huh. It's like they think we're a colony or something. So it's a little <laughs> bit like, you know, we're the underdog too, I guess. But it's, yes. Yeah. But, but then again, Canadians totally have a superiority complex when it comes to the U.S. Ah, a lot of them won't admit exactly. it. A lot of them won't admit it, but they absolutely You're offended. Do. You're offended you know, when someone calls you American. You know how much Canadians are loving Donald Trump? Because it makes, oh, they look at these idiots. We would never do that up here, even though we elected a crackhead, you yeah. know, mayor of Toronto. You know, it's like we, we forget. But your boy now is amazing. I love that, that dude. Justin Trudeau. Trudeau, I love that dude, yeah. man. He's, he's an interesting guy. I don't yeah. know who made, he's like, a, he, somebody cut him out. It's funny, like I, I was initially, I really thought he was just a bit of, well, a bit of an airhead. To be yeah, like a fluff. You thought yeah, he was, yeah, I thought he was pretty, there wasn't a lot intellectually that going on there. He's I, like Brad Pitt, man. He's a pretty he, boy uh, and he's talented. Yeah, and he, and he seems a lot smarter than I first gave him credit for. Yeah. You see, did you hear him break down what computers were? I beg your pardon? Did you hear him? Did you see the interview where he broke down what computers were, how computers no. work? He told you he broke down the binary code and all that shit. Really? Like, yeah. Wow. The dude was cool as fuck. Another, you just like him because you're a teacher and he's a teacher. He was a teacher. <laughs> see? That's it, yeah. Teachers stick together. <laughs> well, how, not to, I just want to bring things around a little bit. Sure. Um, I was asking, all over the place. Yeah, and we're really bouncing all over the place in this discussion. You can tell I'm new at this. Um, but I asked about like why are you here and that sounds really accusatory and weird like <laughs> why are you here get out of Chiang Mai um, you know what I mean yeah. and then I guess I'm wondering like how does it make you feel watching what's going on at home in terms of this insane election um, Black Lives Matter really gaining steam and, and getting in, uh, involved in a lot of social issues like is there a party that thinks man I should be at home absolutely. fighting some of these values absolutely because yeah. that's the way I grew up Right. And that's the guilt that I was talking about earlier. What guilt? I don't about know. What you're about. Guilty as far as like not being that. Oh my God! Do you know how how I long to be at that Trump rally? Chicago's the first mm. city that broke it up. Oh right, yeah, that's the, the one where actually, yeah, they shut it down. I knew right. everybody there. I yeah. knew everybody. I was watching this like, oh, oh man, I want to be the racist white people, man. Come on, that's why I want a chance. Come on, right. So yeah, a part a, a lot of me was feeling guilty about not being there. 
because it's like, why do I get to be? I'm like the one that got away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like the one that escaped the plantation, and I'm like <laughs> living this fucking free, beautiful hippie ass, easy to move around, easy to to move inside myself, easy to grow, easy to fall in love, easy to see shit like this mountains and clouds beneath my feet, like go on hikes, go to waterfalls at any time I want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Travel a little cheaper, eat better. I've lost like fucking 20 pounds here. You know what I'm saying? I look amazing. And, <laughs> Easy, Kanye. Easy. You know what I'm saying? Like I got it's a lot. Of, and then like you know, I am who I am, and I know that I'm a my powers is to is I'm a I'm a galvanizer. You know what I'm saying? I bring people together, and I've been doing that here, and it feels good. So I'm feeling good, mm. breathing well, eating well. You know what I'm saying? I get to see. I get to aesthetically everything's dope. So why do I get to get all of that? Why do I get to get that? And my people are dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. why do I get to be in that? Why? That's not. It's not fair. But between my girlfriend and talking to family and writing and doing some art shit, like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Because, and that's why me and my girlfriend started Black Packers, man. So, so people can, so we can do something for each other, even though we're far away. And then they see that. Like I'll post some shit, and they'll see that, and they're like, yo, bang. I'm fucking with that. That makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're doing that, we love you. We love you. Like, we sincerely love you. And the fact that you're doing that makes me happy. And I've been going through Facebook videos of black men getting shot all day, and I've been sad and feeling shitty. But then I watched your video, you in Thailand, and you doing the Black Packers thing, and you being in love and seeing beautiful shit, it makes me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Because we got love for you. It makes me feel good. And you took that shit away from me for a second. And so that that that's like me... Man, feeling better about my purpose, because right. my purpose there was that, was that teaching the babies, teaching love, teaching acceptance, teaching pride. You know what I'm saying? Um, teaching to stand up for oneself, teaching to teaching love, man, amongst everybody, and and being able to do some art shit to get that out, to have therapy. That's my that's my therapy, writing and getting that shit out, mm-hmm. because it hurts us too. Artists are hurt. You know what I'm saying? We're super yep. hurt. And we gotta we gotta bleed that out for for the people. So it's like being here. Why am I here? Like I'm supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying at this point, I'm supposed to be. Like I know I am. Like it's too many fucking coincidences. Too many signs that's just to ignore. Stupid to ignore. It's like it's I would be I would be, I would choose to be stupid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not to fuck with the signs. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. So are you kind of I mean, I think not to go into this too much, but I think your visa situation is like mine. You're on a tourist visa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's your plan? Are you thinking about hanging out here for a while, or what do you what do you think? Man, I think I'm about to get a Chinese visa, a ten year Chinese visa. Because can Canadians do it too? Because I heard it's like a new thing. I'm not sure, actually. Because yeah, yeah, my boy told me to get a ten year visa, and we're gonna perform in China, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna try to make this my home base. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so easy to yeah. move around here. Um. <clears throat> I'm trying to make this my home base and then like travel to China and do some work because I heard the gig money is nice in China. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so I'm gonna go perform. They're never gonna expect me come through. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Take all this yen. Right, they're gonna be making it rain yen in the club. Yeah, I'll take that. So that's my plan right now. My plan right now. Continue to grow, man. Let's continue to grow. I can't like. I gotta. I want to not go back until I have like my 
art shit together. Fucking website, a fucking some music to put out there, some a, a book. You know what I'm saying? Like something because people want it. I've never come out with anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been a part of. I'm in a band, but it's not just my band. Yeah. I'm I, actually I'm the lead singer, but I'm not the the head of the band. So it's not my music. It's our music. You know. Do you have any goals around that? Like, do you want to make a living making music, or what? What are you thinking about that? I would love to make a living. Yeah, like doing shows. I love doing live shows. But would you love it, or is that what you're working towards? Hmm. Or do you kind of think you're going to put your stuff out there and see what happens? I think my goal is to travel internationally performing and that sustaining my livelihood. That would be fucking dope. Like, if, if that paid for me, and not just, like, breaking even either. I mean, like, and not being absolutely wealthy either, but enough to where I can send money back and also, like, travel. That's my, that's my goal right now. Travel and make music. And keep going. When actions speak volumes, I, 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 I love the way you blush, blush. I love the way you blush, blush. You love the way I know, you love the way I know, exactly what you want. You were just listening to Blush by Adam Ness, and Adam is an artist who Binky mentioned, a Chicago artist who Binky mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, be sure to check check him out. It's really good stuff. It really puts me in mind of early D'Angelo, uh, Adam Ness out of Chicago. And if you want to learn more about what Binky's up to and you want to connect with him for whatever reason, go to travelsinmusic.com slash Binky, where you'll find show notes and links to just about everything we talked about in today's episode. I know we talked about a lot, but uh, it should, most of it should all be there. And also, as always, it would mean a great deal to me if you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you haven't already, please leave a rating and a review. Until next time, my name is Zachary Stockhill. Thank you so much once again for listening. And remember that life is short, so be sure to have yourself a good weekend. And I'll talk to you next week. Oh,